You're listening to My Mummy. Welcome to episode four of the Mind Honey podcast. I'm Kason. And I'm Juniper. And today I will bring, be bringing our surprise topic. So I want to talk about the unknown. And I've had a recent new encounter with this mysterious space mm. um, through a practice I read in a book that I will offer as fodder for our conversation beautiful so i'm reading this book frequency and in it it's all about like finding your home frequency like the song of your soul and that being when you feel totally alive totally in flow like you can call it up within you by remembering like when you met people in your soul family or when like when you're totally just like open and feeling like life and synchronicities are happening and happening and you can kind of like it's this invitation to like get the texture of it and the color of it and the feeling of it in your body. And so she has this exercise where you do that and then she's like, but most of us don't live there all the time. There's all this other noise happening. And so she's like, call up that part, that like experience of frequency, experience of yourself that is anxious, mm. depressed, closed off, frustrated, angry, like whatever it is, like feel it totally take over your body, like the energy of it, the texture, the feeling, the frequency of it. And then imagine the worst possible thing that could happen from that feeling place and take a snapshot. And then pull yourself out of it and then call your home frequency. So like do what, you know, remember, be with, whatever kind of helps you feel that. Totally in flow, totally alive. There's this ease, you're loved and surrounded by this like experience of joy. And imagine the best possible thing that can happen. Like Take a snapshot of it. Mm. And then she's like, now go back and forth between those snapshots. And it gives you this experience of being able to move from one to another. So I did this exercise. And I had my like snapshot of the like, <laughs> frequency. And she also suggests in the book, like, you know, sometimes it's like, it feels like a pretty, pretty big leap to go from that frequency to like home frequency. It's like, okay, well, that's a nice idea. But that feels impossible right now when everything feels terrible. And so she suggests like, okay, okay, you have that snapshot. What if you just go a tiny degree off of it where you're no longer looking at it? And then what's there? Hmm. It's this deep, velvety, loving space 
Mm. Unknown. Indeed. Indeed. God, silence, stillness, unknown, mystery, the void. <laughs> I like to use the word velvety. Because mm-hmm. that's my experience of that space. Stillness and silence are the softest, most velvety things that there are. Mm, I like that. Because even the slightest little movement is creating an impression. The only thing that's completely free of impression or movement is stillness and silence. Mm. It's so spacious and welcoming in fact it's the most open and welcoming thing there is because from it everything else arises all movement starts from it it's the ground of all right and so you could even look at the silence between words right and you could see how the silence supports the expression and the the giving and the receiving of that energy, right? The mm-hmm. silence is, is the, the backdrop of it all. And the stillness is the backdrop of our body in between movements. And the stillness is the, is the backdrop between emotional stirrings mm-hmm. in between thoughts In fact, the stillness is all there is, and then there's just all of these arising happenings Yeah, that are moving in this sort of constellation. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of see it as just this swirling, like a galaxy almost, of all these related things, all lawfully moving about and finding their homeostasis, right, in whatever way it looks. Like it might look like a spiral galaxy. It might look like the sombrero galaxy, (laughs) whatever it is. But it found a temporary balance point. Yeah. And then, you know, just like imagine like a ball of water, like floating in zero gravity in space, you know, and then another water drop comes for a collision course and the whole ball like deforms blows out the other side and all these drops are like splattered around and then they slowly gather back in on themselves over Mm -hmm. time again and find a new balance Mm -hmm. that includes that new water drop that came through Mm -hmm. but um that's really our experience of you know i think that's the average experience of being human is this constellation of thoughts, feelings, perceptions, um, and those clusters all interacting and arising and moving, and somewhere in the center of them, we you know we find ourselves, and there's so much movement happening that you tend to not recognize the the silence and the stillness that's always there. Yeah. It's easily overlooked. Yeah, I feel like playing around with this practice of like 
a slight degree shift off of what I expect or my anxiety or what I'm thinking, it, it provides like what we've been talking about, this like space of just like a moment of stillness. And in that spot, like, and I'm, I'm beginning to imagine it as like a very loving unknown, like this loving velvety space, like we're in the galaxy world. So it's like, yeah, this like dark velvety loving space where something else is possible. And I don't need to know what that is. Mm. And that is like very fun. Very exciting. Yeah, like I find myself even in like recording this podcast with you, like you'll say something and on my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, and then I could say this <laughs> and then we could take it this way and it's like this little snapshot and it's not the like terrible feel no good at all snapshot, mm-hmm. blessedly, but <laughs> it's still a little snapshot and then I'm like, oh, what if I just shift like, you know, five degrees to the left? Oh, there's that lovely dark velvety space oh okay yeah i'm back right here yeah yeah when you when you arrived today i was i sat down to write in my journal and i looked out the window and i saw this beautiful red and orange and green maple tree um you know going through the stages of losing its leaves this fall and I was struck immediately um, by this underpinning of reality, this ground, this this supportive mm, no words, right? Just I just felt how all is supported all is held yeah right and mm, the space between me and the tree vanished Mm. and I felt tears come to my eyes and I just felt so exquisite Mm. I just wanted to to feel that just and I didn't write in my journal at all. I just <laughs> I ended up being captivated by that, sucked into the fact that there is this presence which lovingly supports everything we know, everything we experience, everything we encounter. It gives such that all of that may be here and be known and experienced. It holds the space for for all of creation. Yeah. Right? It's and and I mean perhaps there's no other word for it than love because that's what it is. It's 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 completely giving of itself. It's completely open and selfless mm. and free. And it doesn't need anything. It doesn't ask anything of you. It just lets you be here. It lets you. It wants you to experience and explore. Yeah, and it like 
invites you to participate. Yes. It's like this, I don't know, in that like little like shift off of my pictures, what I feel is this like bubbly possibility mm. that feels fun and childlike in a way and also vast and deep and just like oh okay and like sometimes I think I have pretty good ideas about things and I'm like oh well this this snapshot of where I'm going like was pretty great mm. and I don't think there's anything wrong with that but for as like curious and imaginative and creative as I am that partnership with this unknown with this loving unknown i suppose we could say love is a loving unknown mm -hmm. <laughs> as much as it is inviting us to know and be known mm -hmm. there's still that unknown part of it mm. that like participation with that yeah it feels like it's just like all right well whatever comes yeah there's gonna be beauty in it mm. And sure, maybe it'll be what I imagined, and that'll be beautiful. And maybe it'll be, <laughs> you know, totally different, and that'll be beautiful. Yeah, I guess what I, now that I'm saying it out loud, it's kind of like helping me be less attached. Yeah. To those, those pictures, like having that snapshot mm. to like shift away from. I'm like, oh yeah, mm. okay. I'm reminded of an uh, of an Osho quote. Um. Love is but a moment, but what a moment, mm. right? Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't want it to be more than a moment because all of the sweetness, I mean, all of the, the coming, like you see the arising and the excitement and the joy and the exaltation and then the, you see the fading and the leaving and the sorrow and the departure and the, the longing for what once was but could never be again. It's all captured in that moment. Mm. Every moment for eternity in all things at all times. Mm. That just ache. Ah, it's beyond words. And that's what it all is. That's what's here, <laughs> you know? Man, to overlook it is so simple. But it's the only thing we want. We just don't know that that's it, you know? Even if we find it, sometimes we think, well, that can't, it can't be. It's got to be more to it than that. <laughs> Yeah, it's really not trying to trick us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Maybe playful humor, but mm. haven't quite experienced trickery. <laughs> right. Yeah, they um I think, you know, that's that's actually that trickster energy is a good topic to um to invoke because I think there's something so divine in humor. Mm -hmm. It's it's like God is funny. 
you know there's that trickster like bullshit or uncle energy you know what i mean like <laughs> that prankster energy it's it's childlike right like kids playing jokes on each other and um i think what makes humor humorous is the surprise right mm. it's the fact that it comes from complete like you're waiting with bated breath for the reveal it comes from the unknown there's something about that magic of something just bursting like a firework from the blackness you know just mm -hmm. like wow there it is <laughs> you know yeah on my drive over here i was um i'm looking for some new music for a playlist right now and so i was just kind of jumping through a bunch of new songs that i haven't heard before and there was this one that was like oh, i was like you know classic like oh I love you and you'll never love me back mm. and like just the like uh 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 love uh, but I don't have it but I don't have it mm. and it was very catchy like I found myself I was like <laughs> bebopping along to it and just feeling oh yeah the feels the feels mm -hmm. and then I went around this corner and there was this huge like yellow tree over the road and all this fog in the trees and I just laughed I was so caught off guard by like the beauty and the simplicity and like the love. Like I just, I just full on laughed. Like I'm listening to the song, like, where's the love? Mm. Where's the love? <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, it's right here. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Yeah. The humor of it, the simplicity of it, the silliness of it. Yes. It's. It's self-fulfilling. It's, it's self-satisfying. Um, you could even say that it's a game to, to play and pretend that there's no love. It's a game to be sorrowful and woe is me. You know, like that's a game. You could play that one. You could play the game of the beautiful autumn leaves in the fog. You could play the game of the very serious and powerful energy of, of rapids going off of a waterfall. You could play the game of, of uh, thunder and earthquakes and heartbreak and war and peace and so on. You know, I, I think of the quote from, uh, full of quotes today. I'm thinking of the quote <laughs> from uh, Alan Watts. He's like, life is like like playing a piano. You, you're taking it seriously, but it's play nonetheless. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, and I, coming back to this, like, topic of unknown it does feel playful, like this shift, this invitation to just like shift off because I think a lot of the times when I think about unknown or when I have, I'm like, ooh, I don't like that. Even if what I know I don't like, I'm like, well, the unknown, I, I might like that less mm. <laughs> than this. And there's a lot of um, 
yeah, I find like especially after something ends, that space after, it's like that, like deep, velvety, loving space. But sometimes it feels like my my perception of that feels really scary. Of course. And it's like the loss of things ending is like, ah, ah, ah. And like the unknown doesn't feel very playful. It doesn't feel like some place that I want to participate with, that I want to dance with, that I want to play with. Mm. And I feel like, you know, honoring loss and honoring grief and honoring sorrow and I think anyone who's experienced grief in some ways like there's some days when you just laugh Mm. there's some days when it feels unbearable and then there's some days when everything is just ridiculous like it it is all of that together Mm. and like there is that like holding and feeling and not avoiding whatever is coming up And then I think there's right next to that this like invitation to participate with a loving unknown to play and play the game (laughs) and also just play. Think about that. That's the the power of God to me. You could equate this still empty silence with fullness, with complete potential it's what joy is because you can't laugh and be merry if there's no space in the room there's no air to breathe right i've got to be able to surprise myself and surprise others i got to have some space to to move around and and feel myself right so without that space and there's nothing right so the space is everything that space is the same space that claims our loved ones when they die. That same space is the space that our loved ones are born from. And, you, you know, you talk about the fear of unknown. It's the fear of death, right? The, the, the fear of absence. But can you feel the playfulness when someone you love is dead right can you do it a lot of us cannot do that but to me it evokes this sobering power of god it's like hey i'm playing isn't this a blast like and somebody knows dead and you'll never see them again right we could go into cosmology and heaven and all of this sort of thing, which I don't think is necessary, but um, in the, in the stage of the human drama, at least, and you never see them again, you never hear their voice again, never hug them again, right? They've vanished into this silence that will not answer back. Mm. Now that sounds bleak as fuck, doesn't it? But, yeah. <laughs> but to me, like that's that shows you the stakes of the game, 
right? It's a game, but there's some stakes. Mm -hmm. Those are the stakes of the game that you're playing, right? So how can you know the seriousness of that and still be light and innocent Mm -hmm. and free and have a smile on your face, right? Like the image that's conjured into my mind is that... um, that Italian World War II movie, Life is Beautiful. Mm. Have you seen it? La Vita è Bella? I don't think so. Well, fuck. Now I can't talk about it. (laughs) 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 I'll simplify it, the plot, just a little bit, but I won't speak the specific scene because, you know, it's, for those who've seen it, it's a powerful scene that I can't, I can't spoil. But, uh, a man and his young child find themselves amidst the Holocaust in Italy. And the father never skips a beat in showing his son to never lose his joy. Mm-hmm. So the father is always smiling and laughing while all around him the Holocaust is unfolding. Mm-hmm. And he's just wrapping up his son in this beautiful blanket of joy and dignity and and yeah joy and dignity that despite all of this horror around him he will never deny himself joy Mm -hmm. and he wanted to make that clear to his son right playing a really high stakes game but it's a game and ultimately, death shouldn't be feared. Yeah. Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I guess with a topic like unknown, we're going to go to some <laughs> some places. Yeah. Mm. Infinite places to go. Hey, that deep, velvety space. All is possible. I do think it's interesting that, like, contrast of the experience of like feeling into the unknown from a place of anxiety Mm. and my experience of it being this is bad this Mm. is not good this is scary I'm not going to be okay you know like whatever fears that I have or woundings are just projected onto the unknown and then I'm making it into picture of the worst thing that could happen and then that like shifting off the worst thing that could happen and experiencing like coming from the space itself not coming from my projection onto it this like love frequency this like possibility which as it kind of bubbles towards me as my energy touches it as we touch each other I experience as joy Mm. as surprise as play it's like yeah I know like maybe the unknown isn't what I thought it was at all (laughs) it's not so bad yeah you know what is holding that anxiety and fear lovingly the whole time right Mm. what's 
letting that anxiety and fear play itself out, just smiling at it, watching it, allowing it to be, is the unknown. Yeah. Is holding it all the whole time. It's making room for everything. Mm. It's so inviting. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks you in and you f- and you can feel it. Yeah. I recently saw this meme of like a little kid. It's like a close up of their face just like in pain and there's this like shoe, like a boot, like a rubber boot on their face and they're just like uh mm. and it's like me before spiritual awakening Mm. and then the next frame is a zoomed out and the kid's hand is inside of the boot pushing it onto their own face (laughs) (laughs) it's like me after (laughs) (laughs) oh that's good every time i see that i'm just like oh right (laughs) that's good i am creating my own suffering we all are We all are, yeah. It all just comes from the simple act of having an idea of how it should be. You have an idea of how whatever should be, and it's not that. Well, now you're suffering. Yeah. It's really simple. And it's funny because it works like even if you have an idea that it should go terrible, And then when it goes well, then you're suffering. Right. Or it goes differently than you expect. Like it really gets you on all levels. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love, like you ever notice somebody who's stubbornly wanting to be angry because they want to be right about how bad it is and how frustrated they are. Mm. But then it turns out beautifully and it's completely the opposite. And yet, they can't let themselves let go and be free. They have to mm. stick with the stubborn angriness because it's, you know, at the very least they want it to be right, you know? Yeah. And I think we're all guilty of that, you know? <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> we're all like, it's, it gets back to that exercise you talk about in, um, in, in the beginning, this, the stickiness of a state we can get so used to holding a certain state of energy, a certain frequency. We can get so used to it that when it arises, it really sticks. Mm-hmm. And and it persists for far longer than it should, right? And so there's this, um, the exercise of, of trying to contrast and move between them, right? This alternation. Mm. It's It serves to like, free up the crust, you know, you alternate between the two, it sort of shakes it off and lets you be a little looser Mm. so that, sure, that same frequency of frustration and and anger and whatever might be there, but but it, it comes and it goes. Yeah. Right? And you're like, cool. Right after that frustrating anger, comes joy and laughter and right after that joy and laughter comes 
deep sorrow. Like you could just let it all go through. There's no, there's no, there doesn't have to be a cool down period, you know, if you don't want. Well, you know, I, I saw this a lot after my dad died, just like all the different ways people prescribe to you. Like, okay, you, you could be sad for three months, but then, then you get over it. <laughs> a six month is definitely plenty of time, right? People like have these time periods where they feel like an emotion, you can allow that emotion for this much time. Or on the flip side, you should be upset for at least three months. If you're not upset for at least three months, then you just, well, you didn't love that person or you, you know, mm. if you really love them, you would wallow in sadness for years to come. Mm-hmm. Bullshit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that's one of the most damaging beliefs I think that that exists in our culture is that emotions have some kind of prescribed time duration that you yeah. must act out. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Because <laughs> what's wild to me is like if I'm experiencing a really intense emotion, um, sometimes even it can be like bliss, but I'm thinking generally speaking, I revolt more against like anger Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like this like terrifying sadness or this like the wail of like grief that like comes from deep within. When I resist experiencing the frequency of that emotion by being like, oh no, I don't want to feel that way or like not right now or like let me just shift and do something else mm. or ah, let me call someone and talk about it. Let me do and like those are all fine things to do. But when I allow myself to experience the discomfort of okay, I'm just going to feel really heartbreakingly sad right now let the frequency like wash over my entire body and energetic field like a wave fully experience that maybe i'll cry maybe i'll scream maybe i'll shake you know maybe i'll just be really still but when i allow that like i allow myself to like feel the wave of it it passes Mm -hmm. and it might come back Sometimes it comes back very frequently for a season, but it does pass. Yep. And I think that's like an interesting thing about the unknown. Like, what is it? Um, I think it's Octavia Butler who says like, the only truth is change. God is change. Mm-hmm. And like, it is the nature of energy which we all are to move yep and i would say it's the nature of love which is a frequency to move to change and so allowing that we always get back to this like Mm. allowing like receiving allowing things to move through you like what i think it's like very simple very hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially when those frequencies feel 
terrible mm-hmm. to like let it move through you and like that's something that i'm like pretty curious about when it comes to karma mm. is like some things for whatever reason maybe it's from this lifetime maybe it's from a previous lifetime maybe it's my work in this lifetime there's some frequencies that when they go through me i'm like livid mm. <laughs> it's just like Ah, like my reaction is so big Mm. and I feel like that's like an incredible opportunity for Mm. I mean I didn't design the universe I don't know what exactly I'm healing or what exactly it's solving but I notice I'm curious when I'm curious about it when I'm present to that Mm. it has this like alchemical effect yeah when I'm able to hold that terrible, clumpy, sticky, gooey phlegm ball mm-hmm. of like whatever it is inside of me and like being present with that frequency, something changes. Yes. As is the nature of love. And I feel sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes I learn the same lesson over and over. Working on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like it it dissolves and it comes back together and it's different on the other side. Yes. I love that image of this like just big stinky like phlegm ball type thing because it basically arises from the depths of our subconscious. It comes up and it alarms us when it shows up because we've been neglecting that reality. Yeah. Trying to pretend as if it didn't exist. So it comes up, it says hello, you know, it's this like big stinky like Jabba the Hut looking thing in it. And we can embrace it completely and be free of it. Mm-hmm. Depending on how big and stinky it is, that's really hard to do. <laughs> yes. Right. More likely the process is it comes up and you embrace it to a point and some part of it dissolves and then then it submerges again only to come back up again later right over and over again until you fully bitten off all of it right um but what strikes me is this this power of the human voice so I, i think we all know like that cathartic feeling after you've sobbed and sobbed and cried till your body can't even produce any more tears or make any more sound and you're just laying there. There's a certain tranquility and peace you find yourself in after that Mm. because you've surrendered to the pain. And something about the voice lets you express it. Like the voice can express the full range of infinity, I feel. Mm. And when it comes up, you can express it through the voice. It might look like yelling or it might look like wailing or it might look like cooing like a little baby or it might look like whatever it is. But um, your voice can express it. Yeah. And free you of of having to hold on to it um it's a real natural tool built into us all i love that 
I like that too in our last episode we were talking about like encountering God through our senses Mm. and this kind of using our senses to see and experience and know God Mm. and it that almost feels like um and taking in like an allowing in through our senses and what you're describing to me is like a pushing out through our senses yes and that uh the yin and the yang of that, the balance of inward and outward, mm-hmm. ooh, that has like an alchemical effect. Yes. That's incredibly powerful. Yes. Because if you, like you're talking about being free and letting it move through, right? There's this letting it in and then holding. And that's when the alchemical effect of that is it turning into the big stinky thing yeah that that ends up being painful and then it it actually it ends up physically manifesting if you hold on to it long enough as sickness as cancer as yeah things in your body not working right um so so when you hold these energies it has the alchemical effect of turning it putrid and rotten and releasing the energy has the alchemical effect of purifying and beautifying And so if you could just be open to let the energy come and go, whatever it is, then this process happens instantaneously. Mm -hmm. And then you're just, you're free. Yeah, that's the ideal. (laughs) Right. And I think that's like a part of the gift of humaning is that I think, I believe, like, we come into this at pure souls free. And then we experience, like, the frequencies of people not seeing themselves, not loving themselves. Fear, like, bounce back to us, and then we we form these clumps or these, like, Mm -hmm. those frequencies. Like, we don't know what to do with them. And then they're, like, these little clumps, these little places in our bodies. Yep. And ah, what an adventure to heal oneself. Yes. You know, I like growing up in Christianity with this idea of like, I want to live a life of service. I want to like give to other people. I want to change the world. Mm. And the more I get to like the now time, I'm like, I want to change myself. I want to heal myself. And there is that same, like, like the yin and the yang of it, like that going inward also goes outward. Yeah. There's an equal, an equal energy. So the more that I, whatever my unique package of gross phlegm balls is Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I've collected from my conditioning and from my experiences and, my karma and you know however they got here Mm -hmm. that is my adventure to alchemize indeed it makes me think of this this idea that we think we know what things are right because 
we got to make our best guess if we want to talk about him, right? So we end up living in this relativistic kind of way. And, you know, we're talking abstractly about these phlegm balls <laughs> being stuck in the body or energy moving through the body. But that seems a little counter to, like, I think the average perception of a body as being this um, sack of water and bones, you know, mm. um, this flesh and blood kind of idea of a body. And I start to notice that limbs and the fingers and the eyes and the genitals and everything that makes up a body is all just a metaphor because the entirety of reality is just these ideas crystallized mm. and if the body is just this amalgamation this amazing complex idea crystallized these much more simple ideas crystallized like what do they look like right like what is loneliness crystallized what is you know happiness crystallized there's this movement from the unmanifest down into the crystallized density that that we talk about and if you hang out closer up there towards the idea end of the spectrum it really gets at the root the the origin of the emanation that makes its way down into becoming your body and your life mm. right so you could hang down here at the space of my body and my life. Or you could be proactive and tune into the energy right at the source of emanation. Mm. And you mentioned yin and yang. And I, that's, that's kind of where my mind these days really goes to is like, what are these fundamental ancient principles right you go you could think of void being this one ancient principle right and then i can't remember exactly how it goes but the in the the stages that lead to yin and yang right there's the there's the nothing then there's the circle and then there's a the circle with the dot inside and then there's the yin and yang right um and it's basically what it's it's trying to portray through images is this the first causes of creation right the first causes so you things split into two and so on and and it gets really really complex and we get masculine and we get feminine and we get all these essences 
for lack of a better word, these, the suchness. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality that we're in, right? When I'm encountering an angry person, it's like, no, I'm encountering the crystallization of anger, right? I'm encountering the I'm encountering all the causal lineage of ideas that went into that moment mm. and how they all combined and crystallized into this magnificent complexity. Mm. And that leads you towards whatever it leads you towards. I guess, you know, it's, it's hard to speak about some things like this. Yeah, like the Tao Te Ching is the Tao is formless you can't know it but it's always here this Mm. like we're getting at something that's very um difficult to pin down with language which always has polarity right one thing I think is like so powerful about yin and yang and the way like you have the one you have the Tao and then you have this split into polarity like you're talking about these essences um is that it's like the relationship between two right you know like one becomes two and then when two becomes three it's actually three is is not another thing it's the relationship between yin and yang it's the relationship between these essences that creates all things that creates that crystallized manifestation of anger that you're seeing in this angry person that you met on the bus Mm -hmm. (laughs) it creates bliss it creates like Mm -hmm. us sitting right here recording a podcast like it there from three is like the ten thousand things all of it right and then that that interplay of energies is kind of what I would think karma is. Ooh. Right? It's it's the primordial ripples that have all collided into this tapestry, this interdimensional tapestry of light and color. Yeah. And and matter and energy that when you try to when you, when you're down on the surface of the ocean like as a little cork you are just cast all around by the movement of the water right but if you spread out to an area if a few miles you know it, the ocean looks relatively flat because the ripples are just pretty small comparatively you spread out to the whole ocean then it's glossy and smooth. Mm. But if you're down there at the little cork, man, life chaos. Yeah. Right? And, and how is it that we as human beings, these seeming creatures that, that encounter existence through this body, how is it that we can know ourselves and feel ourselves to be this vastness of of a cosmic thought Mm -hmm. but also to know ourselves to be 
a six foot tall American dude and know ourselves to be funny and know ourselves to be sad and know ourselves to be all of these things. Like it's just, you know, I'm shooting myself in the foot here because I feel like there's no point in talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Here I am trying to talk about it. I feel like we're getting into some very like 3D, 5D kind of stuff where that is like, the silliness of being human. It's like this whole idea, like your soul has become embodied into this limited, very limited manifestation of the wholeness of who you are, which is the wholeness of everything. Right. And then we exist in this contrast world where like yin and yang are constantly dancing and creating everything where that little cork on the bottom of the ocean and it's just like, whoa, Mm. ah, and then, yeah, like you're saying, you zoom out to like the 5d and it's Mm. like, right. Oh, it's just an ocean of love. Right. And, and to exist, like, I think that is perhaps, this might be a bold statement. The process of awakening is to exist in a 3D world in an embodied, limited manifestation of our soul and to continually go back up to the surface, back down, back up to the surface, back down. It's like this this dance, this play almost, the way that yin and yang are dancing with each other mm. because the secret of yin and yang is they are still one. Right. It's, it's all happening at the same time. Yes. Yeah. This. This common saying in, in non-dualist circles is like. Nothing is happening and nothing has ever happened. Right. Because when you get at that. Yin and Yang are one, right? Well, if, if you zoom out to a certain level, there's no movement, right? Because how could one continuous thing have any movement? It's one thing. And so this the maddening paradox of it just silences your mind because you can't... Some part of you knows that this... This is true. And the other part of you is looking around at all the trees moving and the people dancing and the music happening. And you're like, bullshit, nothing's happening. <laughs> you know? And, and then it brings us back to this unknown. Like, huh, I don't think I could ever know. I may never know. And... I could search and search and read all the spiritual texts and and get my PhD in philosophy and have a podcast and (laughs) and paint and raise children and whatever, and I'll never know. And so 
making peace with that. Yeah. And receiving, being held by that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think... I don't know, awakening feels a lot like floundering, <laughs> flailing. Yeah. And then accepting. Yep. And then floundering, <laughs> flailing, <laughs> and then accepting. And in the whole drama of that little cork going up and down on the bottom of the ocean, there's this like deep velvety space that's infinitely loving and possible and playful just holding us. Mm 